Blog Talk Radio. couple days. I'm not my normal jolly self today. Life is kicking me right in the ass repeatedly. But we're going to suck it up because we've got live from somewhere in Japan. I don't know how to pronounce the friggin' countries over there. We got the hamster king Kevin Riley in the house. This is the show that had to happen. And I'm not Willie Crawford or John Taylor, brother. I'm coming at you hard with the tough questions. Believe it. We got some interesting stuff to discuss, future stuff. We're going to be talking to Kevin about life, love, marketing, whatever the hell else I can think of. A little off kilter tonight. The legends overcome, and we will do so. Another awesome sales and marketing behind the eight ball episode, folks. I promise you. Back at you in a minute. Block Talk Radio and the World, Vegas fans, sales and marketing behind the eight ball, and my friggin' life has been lived behind the eight ball, I think. Anyway, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to find some comedic gold, because that's going to be easy tonight with the hamster king, Mr. Kevin Riley. I love this dude. I think he's the only dude who might be more twisted upstairs than me. Probably got a few more dollars than me, but that's only because he's about, you know, got some years on me. Anyway, it's been a strange day. Let's just put it like that. Um, I got to start off by doing the normal sponsor information. That's how I pay the bills. This part of the Vegas Fan Sales Marketing Behind the 8-Ball show is sponsored once again, the second week they joined us, Roscoe's Rib Shack in Redondo, now offering free check cashing. The only joint in Redondo that will cash a third-party post-dated check, just tell them Benny sent you, and they'll hook you up. Free money orders between the hours of midnight and 6 a.m., located behind the pool hall on the corner of Redondo and Lindsay Boulevard. Just make sure when you go to check, you know, cash the check, you lock your door in that neighborhood. 
Anyway, sorry, guys. I don't want to piss the sponsors off. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, yeah, we got uh, these guys dumped me for a while, and then they came back and actually gave me money. So here we go. Localbizbuilders.com. I love these people over there, my man Keith and Big John over there. They actually run an RSS feed of the show, which is probably why they're probably why their uh, friggin' numbers are so high on that site. That site's really getting big. Anyway, localbizbuilders.com, B-I-Z, bizbuilders.com, your source for every friggin' thing offline gold in the world. If you're looking, guys, to venture into the offline gold niche, there's only one place to be. That's localbizbuilders.com, now offering a special section and I swear to God, this is true. I couldn't make it up. Midget hookers for hire. Actually, former midget hookers that have attempted to get their life together. Uh, this is a cause I give to. I suggest you do. Um, if you are an offline business owner, there is nothing more compelling than having a little midget with a tiny picket sign and a bullhorn standing in front of your business saying 50% off all waterbeds in Jake's Waterbed Warehouse. It's compelling. It creates traffic jams. It's media friendly. So check out that section on the midget hookers for hire. And I don't mean they're still working girls. These are just, these are just little people that, you know, you know, once the circus left town, they decided they had to do something to pay the rent, you know. And Keith kind of hooked up this deal over there where instead of the little midget hookers working the streets, he does product placement with them. He gets them jobs. And that's the kind of class act you got over there. That's why I love localbizbuilders.com. By the way, uh, Sylvia Roth and I are going to be doing a special show. Uh, we're going to be dealing with some uh, uh, a new uh, – basically, I'm going to be pulling three or four – uh, beta testers, or guinea pigs, or in the case of Kevin, you know, Riley, hamsters, out of that form. I'm um, looking for three to four members over there that have different areas of expertise. I already got, I'll tell you who I got hooked up on this already is the hot blonde over there, Shira. Um, we're going to be doing this big thing with barter. We're going to show people how they can literally make a ton of money. And we're going to do it for you for nothing, by the way, you guys over there. And uh, she's already on board. She loves Vinny. I'm just always worried about having my first beta tester be like this hot chick that I'm going to probably want to go sleep with sometime because this chick's like hot. Anyway, what else? Oh, um, basically I just run the – I got Ke boy, I got Kevin on some funky number here, man. One, 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 one. Oh, yeah, you're doing Skype, right, bro? Yeah, that's right. I got him on hold. We'll get him on in a second. Uh, I always do the little rundown of the day. I'm going to try to keep some of the personal shit out of it today. I've just had some uh, some weird stuff happening, but it's all good. Uh, walked in here in my drawers, in my boxers, hair looking like I had just rolled around in the hay for three days, dead-ass tired. I'd been drinking Bailey's last night, which is not a drink anyone should you know, deal with because... I can down a bottle of that shit and start bobbing and weaving and not even know it. It's just too smooth. So I wake up, i got a wicked hangover. 
uh, hair all in my eyes, don't even have my shoes tied, just stumble into the restaurant. I throw a steak on the friggin' grill, okay? The problem is I couldn't get the grill on, so I had to then take a frying pan, dump about a half bottle of canola oil in the thing. I put the steak on to make a long story short. I go to flip the steak during a friggin' spoon, excuse me, a friggin' fork in this joint. Now, this is a restaurant. I don't know which of these little waitresses decided they'd rather go get laid last night and fail to pull the forks out of the dish room. But if it was you, Brandy, your ass is fired because I think you were the last chick out of here. So to make a long story short, Vinny's up here with a long butter knife trying to flip this steak, and the grease is splattering everywhere. I end up getting third-degree burns on my feet, my legs, and my left arm. I'm sitting here with friggin' olive, uh, whatever that shit is, that uh, Kentucky herb salve all up and down my arms, greasy, all because some waitress couldn't put a friggin' you know, fork out there that I could flip my steak with. And I'm going to tell you something, people, it hurts. I don't know if any of you dudes out there ever did the old, uh, you know, splash a little brute somewhere on a part of your body you shouldn't splash it on back when you were a kid. Remember that? That was a burning sensation that made the clap look like a day in the park. Only, and you only do it once. Anyway, so I'm burned. I'm hung. I'm a little depressed about some things. But other than that, life is just great. God, thank God for Axe Body Spray. You can splash, you can spray that shit everywhere on yourself. It doesn't sting. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, and for you people always say, like, Sylvia Roth is this nice chick that's going to get corrupted when she comes down to Florida to hang with the bad guy here. You got to check her Facebook out. The chick is swinging on a stripper pole. That's all I'm going to say. It was better than softcore porn, checking out those pictures. So just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, that's about it. Uh, one final thing. Um, and this is, um, I really love this guy. I used to, um, man, I got to get it together tonight, boy. I used to um, be a pitch man. I think one of the greatest jobs I ever had was at the Stratosphere Hotel and Casino in Vegas. And I used to sell those friggin' magic pens, you know, the ones they used to sell on QVC, that um, they changed color and then they erased. And you demoed these pens. And it was funny because all these... You know, people walking up on the top floor of the stratosphere, you know, they'd all left their kids at home. They probably felt guilty. I, you know, you'd demo the pen, show them what they do, and people would buy them. And that was the first time I'd ever met Billy Mays. Um, and actually, it was a convention or something. I can't even remember. This had to have been back in the 90s somewhere. And I forget what the guy was demoing. But this was back before he was really famous. And I just, I'd sit there and watch this pitch over and over. It might have been for cookware. And... Uh, I mean, just just a legend. That it takes more balls to do that type of sales than you guys will ever imagine. Also, gives you some of the best life skills in the world because if you can sell shit like that, you can sell anything. And I uh, just broke my heart hearing about it today. I just found. I just found out about it recently, and uh, and I'm. I gotta get it together here. Give me a second. Um, it's just sad, people. I mean, life is short, people. 
you better live your fucking lives every day. Because there is no tomorrow. Trust me on that one. There is no tomorrow. And shame on whoever at the warrior form decided to bury that, you know, uh, you know, post about Billy Mays and stick it in that friggin' off-topic form. Shame on whoever did that. Legend deserves better than that. You know, sometimes you make an exception for somebody who is great at what they did. And Billy was a really good guy. He really was. Did a lot of shit people don't even know about. Anyway, I got that out of my system. Let's talk about Kevin Riley. This dude is, like I said, this dude has been around forever. Everybody on the Warrior Forum knows him. The guy's got his own style, and I think that's, again, that, I think that defines what a great marketer is. This is a guy that comes out. He's, you know, he thinks outside the box. He's not friggin' afraid to, uh, you know, stand out there and position himself as somebody a little different. That's what I've preached on this show from day one. You don't jump off the cliff with the lemmings. You sit back and you sell them something on their way down. Because what that does is it allows you to position yourself and stand alone. And uh, this guy does it. And he is, like I said, certifiably nuts or so he pretends to be. I truly am. I mean, God, you know, what you see here is what you get. Anybody who's met me knows that. Anyway. I've had this dude on hold a while while I've ranted, but let's get into it. We have no set topic. I asked Kevin what the hell he wanted to talk about. He said he didn't give a shit. I said, you got any products out there? I think maybe we'll just start hard pitching all the products. That'd be, you know, piss people off. No. Anyway, let me go over here and see if I can get dude on. And uh, Vinny got it together. It's all good. This is the part where uh, I got to actually have a switchboard girl. Okay, let's see. Tell me when you're on there, brother. Hey, What's here. up? Do you hear me? I can, man. All right, yeah. What's up, man? This is like an honor, man. We should have, I had asked you to, I, you know, like a dumbass, I had asked you to do this show, I think, a long time ago, and I think you agreed to it. And then for whatever reason, I blew that off. And then like when I did the Warrior Form Rose, you were on my list because you were one of the guys I was saving for last. And that night I've got like the flu. And I ended up blowing you off that night, too. So this time I said, man, i got to get this dude on here. Well, I'm going to hang up now. <laughs> oh, man, come on. I ain't got enough material left here, man. It's been a tough day for me. So I, this is why I was glad you were on the show, because I need somebody halfway witty, man. I was, I, was, I was just enjoying listening to your story. <laughs> it sounds painful as hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, the, no, it's, uh, no, my... Life, life is interesting. Like I said, I was listening to your, damn, I was trying to do some research on you to try to find some other stuff. And by the way, that video you sent me, I posted that on my blog. That is the coolest shit I have, uh, I've seen. See, that's the type of stuff I love. Um, and that's the video. And I don't, is that product still available? And by the way, I'm not pushing the product, but I actually went to the link and it said it was dead, the link. I think we, I, I think, uh, I think we closed it down. Yeah. Um, Man, that's too bad anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun putting the books together. We, uh, James and me sat down together and, uh, you know, we did the videos and stuff and uh, we did all the research and he went back up and I, I added all the pictures and stuff and we right. tried to put the product. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. I, I like doing stuff like that. I like, uh, 
Uh, I, I learned a lot with myself, you know, bring offline. Cause, I mean, I, my, my, my biggest experience is in the offline world, so I like to bring the offline onto online and merge the two together. So uh, that was a fun project. It really was cool because basically for those of you, the, the people out there, you can go check it. The YouTube video I just posted up on the blog, but it's basically you guys out there at these various Japanese flea markets. And by the way, man, I, I mean, just watching that, there is so much stuff in there that can be resold. I mean, I'm looking at all those Elvis records and stuff, like just weird stuff. That is so niche-orientated. There are people in this country who will give their left finger for some of that stuff. And like the Japanese art, I used to date a chick who was into the Japanese animation. And a lot of that stuff, you know, a lot of people go out there and they look at Japan and China as a place to go find something over here cheaper. But the way you did it was the way I think people should start looking at stuff. And that's find more exclusive things one-of-a-kind things that you can maybe just get at a better price instead of trying to, you know, something mass-produced. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, James, and that's how he got his start online. He used to, uh, he lives up in Tokyo, and, uh, or at that time he was in Tokyo, and what he did was he got these little doujinji, which are, you know, really twisted little books, uh, some kind of twisted animation things, and he was getting those and selling them online at eBay until eBay probably shut things down but um right uh, he was making a killing on those things yeah the, i know the comic books are big and i know like i said the japanese a lot of that art over there with the comic book collectors over here is big hey are you speaking into a phone or something i can hear you fine but i don't know if the peeps out there can so uh, i'm speaking directly into a microphone here oh you are okay see that's why that's why uh technology is overrated because i'm speaking into a rotary phone 1980 vintage and it works just fine and i'm probably sounding like i'm shouting and uh hopefully it'll come through okay i hear you fine so it's good um what, what's, what's going on matt are you what time is it over there right now uh it's just like after 11 o'clock in the morning i just had my uh, second cup of coffee i'm ready to go cool man cool well, just, um, you know, I assume most people that are on, you know, the, the listener list know who the hell you are, but just do the short bio version, the one that doesn't, you know, that doesn't end tomorrow, and just give uh, some folks out there who may not know who the hell, and by the way, if you don't know who this guy is, you're probably living in a friggin' cave, but there might be one out there, so. Well, I, I'm Kevin Riley. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I'm here in Osaka, Japan, actually. If he's talking about, you know, I'm in a totally different time zone, I'm on the other side of the planet. Right. Um, came here, like, about 13 years ago. I, uh, I was actually building houses at the time. Came over here to build a house. Supposed to be here for two months. Uh, 13 years later, I'm still here. And uh, I, I did that for, like, about five years. I had my own construction company here. And then, uh, you know, kind of the bottom started to drop out. And I thought, oh, hell, it's time to go do something different. I taught English for a while, which is wow. well. I learned, uh, yeah, that was, that was good. I could, you I could teach me English now, because I say use instead of you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, you know, it's got to the point where my wife is teaching me English because my English is going to hell. I can't come up with words a lot of the time. It's like my, my vocabulary. I used to have a huge vocabulary. And it's kind of like I'm losing words. And I'll sit there right. and go, okay, I know, I know a good word for that, but damn it. And when I'm writing up sales letters, I'll just put XXX in there, and I'll come up with a word later. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't come right now, but... Uh, yeah, so I, I taught English for a while, and uh, I learned a lot about teaching and, you know, increasing my style, which is why I use that for, for my, now for my info products, you know, because I'm teaching, basically. Right. Uh, and I, I started, uh, I've been doing online. I've been online on and off since 1994. Um, I had some crazy thing called AutoNet back then where we were, we were selling cars for uh, dealerships. 
We were doing right. the offline thing. You know, you know, all these guys are getting into offline gold right now. Well, we were trying to do that in 1994, 1995. That's, that's really weird because I've heard that about you. That this, I mean, I'd heard that. And it's funny because I know when Andrew came out and kind of coined the phrase on, you know, offline gold, it became this big craze. And now you've got all these splinter sites out there. Uh, like local biz builders, which I think is the best anyway, but you have sites like that, and it's become so, um, I, I don't know, was, back when you were doing it, was this, you were doing the offline goal, but it wasn't so much Internet related, right? I mean, you weren't going in there in 84 setting up autoresponders. No, no, there was no such, 1994, yeah, there was no such thing as autoresponders. We set right. up a website, and uh, we, we paid like about 1500 bucks these guys to create us a database thing where you, know, you can put these cars in there and... Uh, right. Hell, we paid 800 bucks to the damn domain. It was really expensive in those days. But the problem was, I mean, you know, yeah, obviously, we, we go to these dealerships and we'd tell them about it, and they're like, uh, Internet? What the hell is that? <laughs> they had no really. idea. And, it's uh, funny because those uh, Rolodexes are almost dead now. I miss those big, nasty, yellow, cigarette, smoke-filled Rolodexes that used to sit on the uh, desk back when I was selling RVs. And you had to cold call. And, I mean, you'd have the, the real, you know, I had a real son of a bitch of an owner um, he, this was a guy, I mean, I'm dead serious. He used to like to fire one employee a day before Christmas just to keep the rest of us on our toes. I mean, sort of like make us all like Bob Cratchit asking Scrooge, you know, to get Christmas off to, you know, go find a peg for the kid or something. But um, it's amazing how uh, it, it really is in such a short amount of time how the whole, you know, indexing and documenting system and the list and all that stuff has gone from, you know, physical paper to the databases. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, the changes over the last, like, 10, 10 years alone, you know, what the, you're saying, things like autoresponders. Back when I first saw them, we, we had not that. We had an uh, Excel spreadsheet or something like that. You keep people's names there. Right. You're doing everything by hand. It's just freaking ridiculous. Now, uh, you know, you can see, I, I click a button and thousands of emails go out. Uh, autoresponders, PayPal. Uh, don't mention PayPal to me. Uh, yeah, don't. That's, uh, <laughs> that'll get you. That'll get you banned from my show. We don't mention PayPal, and we don't mention recessions on my show. So no All PayPal. Right. I call that's the evil <laughs> empire. No, no PayPal. Okay. I have Sylvia. All the stuff I. You know what? I'm forced to have to use it. I actually have Sylvia do it, and she she can she yeah. can verify this. I will not send one dollar through PayPal. I'll actually, if it comes down to it, we'll actually send her money and say, okay, go ahead and do it through your PayPal. I will not do it. Just period. But anyway, let's move along off PayPal. I don't need to get myself more well, upset over them. This is a pay, you know, having payment transactions. Cause we, uh, you know, before I was like, what? You, you, yeah, give me, your, give me your credit card number and I'll go bill you on that. And then the bank would say, oh, well, you can't take that from offline. And, you know, it was just it was ridiculous. Now it's so damn easy to collect money and stuff online that, you know, we can run businesses. Um, it's just phenomenal. Uh, when I look at it, I've still some days I just look at it and go, wow. <laughs> now, what is the what is the myth? I know you're over in Japan, um, and and being over there, you can answer the question probably more objectively. But there's always this kind of myth over here that the Japanese are basically smarter business people in a lot of ways. Maybe not smarter necessarily, but better negotiators. What what are your feelings on that? Because you know that's something that's the the kind of undercurrent always is that. Um, the negotiation process over there is a little different than it is over here. Um, give me some feedback on that, because I know you're over there, and you'd probably, you know, have a little better information. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll just grind you down. Uh, you know, Americans have a very uh, short patience factor. 
Uh, right. Eric is want to do it right right now, and uh, yeah, it just ain't gonna happen. You're gonna come over. <laughs> you come over here, and it'll drive you nuts because uh, it's like, well, you know, a little bit more. Oh, what happened? No, we're still there. You're good. Okay, good. I just got that's, weird. That's because you decided uh, to get on Skype instead of picking up a phone. All you right. got the well, money. I could have afforded the call. I'd have to go stand over there. The phones, uh, we, we hardly ever use the phone. I don't want to I'm stand standing anymore. over here on one leg, <laughs> hopping like a bunny to keep my ESL box on, so don't worry about it. Uh, that's good for you. Uh, keep you in shape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah they'll just tell me, they'll pay me, be like, uh, well, you know, we want to think about it. And, uh, and you know, you'll go through meetings. Oh, meetings, 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 and they'll grind you down. <laughs> you can finally say, screw it. I'll, uh, I needed a hundred thousand, but screw it. I'll take t- ten bucks. Just let me out of here. Give me the chopsticks, then we'll call it even. Yeah, don't don't give me any more green tea. Just give me the money and let me go. <laughs> exactly. No, that's that's interesting. Well, let me ask you this, because you've been doing the information. Or I assume that's your primary business now is is the information marketing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. What did you start with? I mean, who who were the guy? I always like to ask guys like you, because see, I was always a Gary Halbert fan. I'm sure that's hard to believe, and. uh <laughs> who who influenced? I mean, who did you like when you first? Because when I was a kid, I mean, I'm like, I, I think all of us, a lot of us, have the same story. I used to like to get the, you know, the magazines, read the classified, send off for all the shit just to get the, the mailings. Um, I always remember like guys like Dean Duvall with their ads. You know, the dude with the sunglasses who was around forever. I remember Joe Carbo. I mean, I was real little back then, but. Um, I remember this guy named George. There was a book out there once. It was called Lifetime of Homework, and it was a story about, I think, George Halings. And he was the guy who actually started his career back in the Depression, and he was writing these little information products out of a tent. And the dude just, you know, became very wealthy doing it. I lost that book, found out now it's worth like hundreds of dollars. It's almost impossible to get. But he was the guy who used to write the ads that say, 101 odd little businesses and then he would put a little teaser about each one and half his the customers he had would buy it just to find out what the hell it was you know like lady makes four thousand with horseshoe and dirt and you know you didn't know what the hell it was about so you ordered it but i mean i i I enjoyed that's kind of what got me interested in in information marketing even back then um what what work were the guys that you kind of Anybody inspire you or anything that, you know, started you off as, you know, this is a great way to do, you know, you know, a great way to make money or? Uh, you know, I, I, um, a lot of my, a lot of stuff I picked up over the years is all street smarts. Um, you know, I, run, I started running businesses when I was a teenager. And, yep. uh, I mean, you know, we just did whatever. I mean, <laughs> one of my first businesses was me and my buddy selling uh, eight and hubcaps and dirt. Yeah, we, no, we, we're, we actually, uh, well, we stole cow manure. Uh, uh, we went up to the neighbor's place, and, and we, uh, we had this huge pile. They'd been, they'd been taken out with a tractor, and they had this massive pile of dirt and cow manure. And um, we asked the foreman there if we could uh, take away truckloads. And he said, yeah, yeah, sure, help yourself. And we started selling at 75 bucks a truckload. It was yeah, like back awesome. in the 1970s. You know, that was really nice. Man, that's big money. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, now, I mean, yeah, in the yeah, 70s, yeah. I was, you know, crawling, I think. But so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I would yeah. I mean, all we did was put a newspaper ad in, and you know, uh, it was like uh, I, I, we, you know, I mean, I, I knew nothing about copywriting, but I think it was a pretty damn good ad even back then because I was putting in those things like you know, guard, aged, 
aged uh, garden manure or something like that. I love it. It, made, it made it sound really good, and um, and people were buying it for the gardens, and we were trucking it until the owner of the of the ranch came and, and stopped us. He said, uh, "We want to use that to spread in our fields." <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know what? They made a movie about some kid. It was called Kidco. That was the name of his company. K I D C O. True story about some kid who got into that business. I think it was 12 or 13, same exact thing you're talking about. And they ended up, he actually had to take them to court because they wanted to double tax them. And he was saying, how can you do that? You know, you can't really tax manure or something like that. I mean, it was a legitimate story. It was pretty fascinating. And this kid made millions, I guess. That was, I mean, actually, I don't know if Disney made the movie or what, but that's, that, um, that's pretty fascinating because that, that's, that's, you know, and again, you're talking back in the 70s. That's some big time bling for the 70s. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, you could, uh, you could have, you could actually, uh, you flash some of that '70s money around back in that day. I didn't. You probably didn't have no time. Uh, you know, didn't have much of a, you know, hard time picking up some ladies either. Oh, I, was, I was damn good looking anyway, so it didn't really matter. Right. I right. Broke. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, but you're a lot. Let me tell you something. When you got a wallet, I've learned this over the years. The more money I got in my wallet, the better looking I get. It seems like. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but you know that's just called free market enterprise. So you know whatever works. But um, so when, what was the first information product you ever? You know, whatever, what cheesy little thing did you put out first? The first one you did. Yeah, well, first did of all, what well or did it bomb? Uh, it's it's still out there. I, I never do anything with it. But uh, actually, what led me to information products first of all was like 2001. I was sitting on a train. And I was reading, I, I printed out my first ever ebook. I had never, ever even gotten an ebook before. I picked up a free ebook from uh, Seth Godin right. about information marketing. And yep. uh, I, I picked this thing up and I started reading through it. And I've always been into small, small product creation. I mean, I used to do all kinds of things like, you know, I had small manufacturing businesses back right. in Canada in the, in the 80s and stuff. And I started reading this and it was going on about how information was going to, was the next commodity and that you know how you couldn't make money creating products like physical products because of course you know the Chinese are going to beat you every time and all this right. so I started looking at it. Yeah, this, this is really making sense but I couldn't quite get my head around it that day on okay well I got information how what am I going to do right and it wasn't right. until way later and somehow I felt like somebody slapped me upside the head and he said Kev you you are really stupid because hey you know, I've been making little booklets back in the pre-internet days uh, you know right. kind of Cost you actually cost you money to. Were you doing like the two step classified to sell them, or how were you selling those? I, I'm talking about the the actual hard copy stuff before the internet. How how would you sell those? I, actually, I never did get I never did get them out. <laughs> oh, okay. So the shit's like vintage now. All right, that's cool. Uh, yeah, but um, so what? I started looking at this, and I wasn't. I started thinking, you know. Oh, I read a thing by Terry Gibbs. Uh, I love Terry Gibbs. Terry oh. Gibbs is one of the great debates. Oh. Yep. yep. Do you know who he reminds me of? I don't mean, okay, oh, go okay. ahead. Sorry, we're talking over. You're on an echo. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, okay. What, what I was doing was actually, this is quite a few years ago, I was thinking of getting into eBay because my brother-in-law was in it, and I was like, hey, this looks really interesting, and I, I, was, I wanted to study it a bit more, so I picked up Terry Gibbs' book, and he had this, you know, all these bonuses. I never even heard of bonuses before. And I got this bonus with it. I'm like, hey, okay, this looks good. I opened it up as info products and started reading it, and all the light bulbs went off. And so the first info product I did was one on uh, how to naturally lower your blood pressure. I'm really into natural health and stuff like that. Oh, I need that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm into health, too. It's called, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I need that book. 
My blood oh, pressure is about is about to it, it's on the on the meter right now. It's it's like it's it's uh, about to bust the thermometer. So yeah, I could I could use that. How did that do? Oh well, I never did much with it. It's it, I got it. And when did you ever sell anything, man? Because everything you're talking about, you never sold. So where'd you make your money, man? It must have come later. I said I did. I sold that one, but I didn't do much of it. Like I didn't really market it heavily um, because I was getting really interested. I was hanging out at the war forum. I was I was really crazy in the off-topic forum. I was over there. I mean, really, you know that post count I have. I mean, half of that. Yeah, man. I was gonna say problem. nine thousand. I don't know how somebody does that. How do you do nine thousand? Me and Edmund Lowe and a couple other crazies uh, blasting each other forever in the warrior forum had it up real quickly. But um, and hell. If anything, what it did was really crazy. I mean, you, you can't go by post count, but people were, were coming to me and thinking I was some kind of like, this guy must be a veteran here because he's got a couple thousand. Well, that's posts. like Wags, man. That's like Steve Wags. Wags, man. Wags has parlayed his ability to write 4,000 posts a day into a career over there. Well, I, I can't. I mean, that guy, he must, he must be blind speed typing. Cause I can't do that. I mean, I, Well, I, speed I, might be part of it. Yeah, yeah, he, he's fast. Man, yeah, no, no, Wags, like I said, though, man, Wags, yeah, I, I leave Wags, I like Wags myself, but I'm not messing with Wags, because Wags, <laughs> Wags, the thought of Wags and a pistol, or, you know, like I said on the show, an Uzi is, is terrifying to me. <laughs> I, I, I'm nice to Wags. No, because Wags got, Wags has my mailing address, and I don't want to be caught in the crossfire when he finally snaps. Mm-hmm, Yep. But so you did like nine. You got nine thousand posts over there. So so you kind of parlay. That's weird because um, usually people that linger over in that section of the form, I always figured it was just because they didn't have enough you know time on their hands to do anything else. So that's kind of interesting. You actually spun it into something uh, you know credible because you're considered very credible now. But like I said, I know people hang over in that form, and these are you know I'm thinking to myself, I wonder when they let these people out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a there's this little fine line between uh, brilliance and insanity, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I try to walk. I, I try to walk the tightrope. <laughs> you know what you're saying about Terry Gibbs? I, Terry Gibbs reminds me. If anybody's heard his voice, he's like you know the bus driver on Simpsons, the the cartoon, the stoner bus oh, yeah. driver. That's how Terry Gibbs talks. Yeah. I swear to God, it's the same guy. Oh really? I've heard him. He's great. No, if you go over, uh, no, I think he's got, uh, I had gotten something James Jones put out a long time ago. It was a uh, eBay product was excellent on sourcing products. And uh, the guy is great. I love his advice for people trying to get into eBay and they haven't sold anything. He said, grab a clothes hamper, walk around your friggin' house, fill it up and start listing. That's how you get in the game. And I always thought that was really good advice because, you know, nobody, everybody's, you know, should I, or, you know, is this too hard, whatever, what do I sell? But just the way he explained it, it was uh, it was helpful to a lot of people, and he is very respected. And the guy's got a lot of integrity. I really like Terry. He's got, and the guy's like an expert in the collectible market and stuff. He does a lot of, he's like a toy train expert over there. He's he's That's done just real well. Lionel train. Yeah, Lionel trains, man. And boy, there's some money in that. Unbelievable. I had an uncle oh, yeah. that that um, that died a couple years ago, and. Uh, to make a long story short, I wasn't his favorite nephew, and he wasn't my favorite uncle, so I don't know why I expected him to leave me that $10,000 train collection, and he didn't. Um, but, boy, I was I was thinking right up to the last end, man, maybe I ought to go over there and, you know, wax nostalgia with him or something. But, you know, truth is, 
he didn't like me, I didn't like him, and I didn't get the train. He left it to his aunt, uh, his sister, Maud, who I think sold it on eBay. Yeah, and probably got a pretty damn good penny for it. So when did you get well, yeah. When did you get into the big dollars? Because um, when did you start? I mean, when when did the big money roll in as far as the information products? Because you got you got a lot of stuff out there now. Yeah, I started doing. Uh, I did my first. Well, what happened was, like I said, I was hanging out in the OT forum. Uh, people actually started getting a hold of me and asking me questions and stuff about marketing because I, I, I do have a lot, a lot of experience from way back. I was actually teaching marketing in my English teaching days, right. and. Um, yeah, I was, I was doing all the business students. Uh, right. well, that sounds very bad, doesn't it? I was teaching all the business students. And <laughs> the, That's uh, great. You, you weren't selling nothing. That reminds me. That's why I never liked those college professors. It's like in the back-to-school movie with Rodney Dangerfield, the guy who's teaching the course on marketing, dude has never – the dude's got a stick yeah. in his ass that never sold anything before. That's always where I – I, I, that's another thing I always tell people. I, 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 I don't, I'm not wild about internet marketers, a lot of them, because I'm never sure if they actually were out there in the trenches doing it. I know you have, but there's a lot of professional internet marketers who write about doing stuff and have never actually done shit but write about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, um, and uh, well, there's a lot of just uh, using PLR material, slapped it together, calling it a book, and um, yeah. others who are just, you know, copying what everybody else has written out there. And, yeah, you see a lot of that. And of course, I mean, you know, we get ideas from each other for sure, but uh, I like bringing, on, bringing in stuff, like I say, from, from before. Because, I mean, marketing is marketing. I don't care if it's online, offline, wherever you exactly. are. Marketing exactly. is exactly the same thing. It's just a, a little different way that you're getting your message across. Just a different medium. So, and, I, and I preach that so yeah. often on the Warrior Forum. I say, guys... And I and it really and I I mean I'll get your opinion on this because it really pisses me off the way internet marketing is taught now. I see. I mean, back when I was selling, I had to either I had to find something to sell or I had to find something I stole to sell in order to eat. And it was all about the product and the offer. And I've always believed if you've got a good offer, the rest of it takes care of itself to a certain degree. But the way it seems like it's taught now is there is it's it's build it and they will come. You know, get the computer set the blog up, and then at some point, you know, nobody seems to mention you've got to sell shit that somebody actually wants to buy and preferably something they can't live without. And uh, it, I don't see much talk about that. I see a lot of medium uh, discussion over there. And, and, then pe- and then newbies come in and they, they sit there and they do all this stuff and they quit and they never had a shot to begin with because somebody forgot to tell them you actually got to sell something to somebody in order to make money. Yep, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I see a lot of people. I see them on the Warrior Forum are doing things like, uh, well, I, I, I set up a couple blogs. I put up all these blogs, and I'm not making any money. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah um, there's a lot of blogs out there. So, well, yeah, it's traffic and traffic. It's like the guy who posted on the Warrior Forum last night. He said, "Well, I got thirteen thousand people on my blog or something over the Michael Jackson thing." I said, "I said." By the time, you know, they bury Michael Jackson, those people are going to be gone, and they're not going to bought anything anyway. So I never understood. I see people say, wow, I got all this traffic. You know, and I say, I'd rather have 20 people show up with their wallets open, ready to bang the, you know, old man's gold visa card and spend some money than just traffic. I mean, this whole notion of let's get a bunch of traffic. Well, you know, you can open up the, you know, a phone book and get traffic if you want it. doesn't mean they're going to buy Let's, let's look at this from the offline world again. I mean, we used to call them, you know, uh, what was it? Um, oh, damn, now, here we go. My English is gone again. There's a kind of prospect you've... you've prospecting, uh, um, cold, uh, cold uh, water. There's a, 
there's a kind of prospect. You got you got cold prospects, and then you got the ones that are good, the really hot ones. We had a name for them, and I can't. Well, we called the we called the tire kickers strokes. That was our term for them back at Carpet. <laughs> you know, these are professional car buyers that have spent a lifetime looking for the perfect car, and they have never found it, and they never will. But they like driving yeah, off is. the time of the salesman on a Sunday, so they can get a free hot dog from the dealer. I yeah. I I I was at a dealership three years, and I saw the same couple come in. And we would all try to hide and take our break because it was like a well-known joke that, well, they're going to come jerk us around in the heat for eight hours, and then they're going to say thanks and head out and, you know, go bother the next guy down the road. Right, exactly. Well, being awful on what we used to do, like uh, I, I did sales when I was in college. So the first time I was in college, I actually got this great sales job where I was selling photographic certificates, okay? Right. And... Um, at, at that time, the, what they would do is they'd have these people who were phoning up all these houses, and uh, they were they were phoning and they were asking the folks, you know, they'd go through a little steal, and then they'd get all these prospects' names, and they'd give me the little tickets, and I'd have a whole bunch of them, and I'd go to these houses. And there's certain prospects, you know, if they if they did their job right, they got me really good prospects. And that meant right. when I went to the house, it was basically I walk in, I go over the deal with them. Usually within, you know, two, three minutes, I've closed them and I'm walking out with a pistol. Are you talking about appointment yeah. setters that set the appointment? Was that what you were trying to say? Because I know yeah, yeah. where you... No, 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 but, no, no, I'm talking about the kind of... Like, okay, so they're pulling up a whole bunch of prospects and then you get the right. good prospects, the ones who are interested. We, so the hot uh, leads, okay. Yeah, the hot leads, that's good, yeah. So anyways, uh, you know, it's, it's the same thing with traffic. It's getting those hot leads, right? I mean, it's people who are actually... The people who actually want to buy the photograph, you want to get a portrait or something like that, and want to, want to get pictures for Christmas or whatever, uh, and you go to sell them. You don't try to sell your photographic things to people who are butt ugly and don't want their pictures taken exactly. or, or you know things like that. Um, and that's the same thing online. You know, these people are, are saying, "Hey, I got all this traffic." Well, you, you don't want just traffic; you want targeted traffic, and it's all you know. That's why I'm always into. Tell you, you know, look, look for those really uh, targeted keyword phrases, and there's certain right. Yeah, yeah. People are going, hey, I got this, I got this great keyword phrase, and I'm up on the first page of Google. Yeah, but look at your keyword phrase. Is it a selling keyword phrase, right. or is it? A, I'm just looking and kicking the tires type of keyword phrase. Because there's the and and you know, people are there's some guy the other day talking about a formula, asking about a formula. There's no formula. You've got to look at it, and you got to use your brains. You you've got to actually think about it and think, okay, yeah, well, preach to him, brother. Preach to him now. I like it. Go on. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you put yourself in the prospect's shoes, right? You, you don't think you. You don't think from the marketer's end like some of these guys in the Warriors form always do. Look at it from the customer's end and say, okay, I'm walking in. I'm seeing this. This is the keyword phrase I'm using. Why am I using this keyword phrase to do a search? Is it because I just want to kick tires? Is it because I'm actually interested in buying? And that's what you got to think about. Each time you got to think for every keyword phrase you see. Now, using these tools like um, Word Tracker or something, all they're showing you is the number of searches. They're just machines. They're just yep. stupid computers. They don't think. They can't tell you, hey, this is a good one, this is a bad one. You've got to think that. And as a marketer, you really got to be doing that thinking. Uh, I mean, if you're not thinking, man, you're, you're not making money. It's as simple you're as right. that. You're right. Totally right. I remember there was a book uh, written, I think one of the best uh, copywriting books I ever read, and the guy who unfortunately wrote it is one of the most obnoxious individuals in marketing, and it's Sad to see how, uh, how, what direction he's gone, but it's Cash Copy by Dr. Jeffrey Lant. And the one thing I got uh, the most out of and have used it for press releases and everything else, I've done a whole show on this, is you have got to, as far as copywriting, 
you have got to get marketers need to get out of this mindset of me centered copy and get it back to client centered copy, customer centered copy. You know, and like in press releases, I, I tell people all the time, nobody gives a shit about what you're doing. You've got to hook it, you've got to make it newsworthy, and it's got to be about them. And too many people start off their their sales copy with me, me, me. Nobody cares. All they care about is what's in it for me, how much does it cost, and why can I literally not live without this, and why do I need to do it? And and, and that just goes along the line of what you just said. You know, uh, this notion of, uh, you know, traffic is just, it, it just boggles me. Like I said, classic point, guys all excited, and people get excited over the traffic, and then three days later, they've made 21 cents in ad cents. You know, <laughs> and that's a good day, by the way, for some some people. Yeah, and, yeah you know, exactly. Yeah. It, it it really is interesting. I have somebody on the line. I don't know. Boy, I get leery because I don't know if it's you know the bookie or somebody for you or somebody wants to yell at me. Um, I've got. Uh, I'll try to get the seven six five number in in the last minute or two to let them talk to you because they've been hanging on here for a while. And uh, some of these other numbers I can't recognize, but uh, the 765 has been here first. Um, okay, I had some other, okay, let's talk about, oh, questions that I got. Now, you're, a, you're an American guy that's got some money. You're living in Japan. Have you, and this is a legitimate question, have you ever been shaken down by the Yakuza Mafia? When no, I mean shaken um, down, I mean rich white boy in Japan, have you ever been shaken down? Like, well. First of all, I'm not an American. I'm, I'm a Canadian. Well, okay, I'm sorry. You look uh, American. You know, American Canadian. Yeah, I, 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 well, I yeah there's, a difference. there's a difference. There's You're a difference. not a French Canadian, are you? See, see, I like to make the difference because when the, when, the, when the plane gets hijacked, they're going to shoot you first, and they're not going to shoot true. me. That's true. That's why I bought one of those. Hey, he's an American. Shoot him. Leave me hey, alone. Hey, man, that's why I went to the robbery port in the classified ad and got me a phony passport from another country. It doesn't even exist. It was like, I'm, I'm serious, there's a company that sells those, so if you are on a plane, it shows you're like from the, you know, the island of Xanadu or something, and, you know, they go and they, you know, clip the guy behind you from El Segundo, California. Um, you know, sorry, but he had to go, it wasn't my turn. But, so you know, okay, so whatever, you're not a French Canadian, right? You're not French Canadian. Thank God. I'd have to, okay, that's good. Exactly, yeah. Nobody likes them people. Man, I'm uh, sorry. I, Nobody likes French Canadians. It's, it's true. I mean, Sylvia, I love her. She's Canadian, but she's not French Canadian. So, but have you ever been shaken down? No, no. Uh, actually, the only time I ever had any trouble was um, I had a. I was doing a construction job uh, on this one street, and I had a big truckload coming in. I had this big truck with a load of lumber early in the morning, and the oh, guy yeah. coming down. He had, he had this little store down the street, and he was uh, he wasn't really a he wasn't a yakuza, but he was kind of like one of these nationalist guys. You know, he kind of mm-hmm. thinks he's a yakuza and stuff. Yeah, I, I had a big run-in with him. I was just still came to fisticuffs there, and um, he but you're lucky he didn't do that because they'd have found you at the bottom of a big sushi bowl somewhere in the ocean. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I had a couple of friends who were in construction who used to go out and pick fights with the yakuza because they said nobody else was a challenge for them. Uh, well, they're, <laughs> they're rocket scientists. Are they still alive? <laughs> Uh, well, the last one I saw, one had been had a set of keys punched to his cheek, and everyone had put a knife in his leg. But uh, they, they're they were survivors, yeah. I don't know where yeah. they are now. Them yakuza, man, they know how to use little objects to hurt you. They don't. They they can use oh, yeah. like credit cards and fling them like missiles and stuff, like little MacGyver stuff, bobby pins. Yeah, they don't play the yakuza. Uh, what else? Um, 
Uh, as far as the Warrior Farm, you're going to be speaking at that event, that Warrior Farm. They shunned Vinny. The guy, the guy pissed me off, so I'm not coming. He said that he didn't have a spot. Um, but would I please come and park cars and bring some chicks? Uh, so I have to pass. But you're showing up to he, that, aren't you? He, he told me you were going to be my water boy. Yeah. Oh, no. I told him. I got on the show. I, I, got, I got a few uh, too many drinks with me one night. I said, so, in other words, you want Vinny to show up, but you're afraid to have him up there on stage, you know, um, you're afraid I'm going to rub Bev Clement's feet or something or do something to embarrass the form like I, you know, would ever do something like that. And uh, <laughs> you want me to bring hot chicks and park cars and, you know, sew advertising on my tuxedo cumber bun. Ain't happening. I ain't selling out. I, I wish I could. I would like to go. I, Sylvia and I, were, we were actually planning on going to that. But uh, we're going to go down and... Uh, I think we're going to New Orleans during that time, so I, I would have liked to have gone, but the guy, the guy shunned Vinny on that one. Are you going to be speaking though? Right, I was saying, yeah. I mean, as long as your country lets me in, you know, we'll just see what the, uh, you know, I mean, you've seen my picture for one. But don't, don't, uh, you know, <laughs> don't be bringing any of that, you know, that, uh, you know, that those poppy flowers or anything over there, because you might spend some time in boarding with the warden. Or, you know, I just, oh, yeah. Yeah, you spent a lot more time over here for that. <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, no, I saw the movie Brokeback, uh, what, not, oh, Jesus, not Brokeback Mountain, what, Broke Down Palace about the two chicks that they planted the H on, and they spent, like, the next 40 years in some real less than nice uh, penal facility over there in, like, Calcutta or somewhere. That, that just scared me, because I went to Russia. Um, I was actually dating a Russian chick in about the Five years, no, got it longer than that, about eight years ago, went over to Russia. And I swear to God, every time I got off the airplane, they were jerking with me. They were putting me in that little back room. Sylvia, by the way, I don't know if she told you this, she came to Florida here her last trip, and her and I were selling some uh, diabetic test strips over here. And these are, you know, non-prescription, over-the-counter things. These aren't anything that, and she didn't put them in her carry-on. And I swear to God, that big, real, butchy, lady that works customs grabbed her put her in the room man and basically all but fondled her and you know they <laughs> it was that was terrifying for her i felt horrible man she, they wanted to know where she was going what she was doing why she had these they made her spend 60 bucks to mail them via ups over to me it was it was pretty scary shit so them canadian customs people they need to uh, lighten up a little bit oh yeah you can have a bomb on her you know yeah, you ever notice that custom, you know, the customs people, I think they go out and they just hire the ugliest, stupidest, meanest-looking people they can find. Oh, this woman was, this woman here, boy, oh, Sylvia described her to me. She said her ass weighed 280 and she weighed 300. <laughs> so you can do the math and do the size, the dimensions yep. on that. But um, anyway, what else is going on? I, we're Anyway, we're going to be, Sylvia and I, actually, Alan's opening up, I, and actually, I think you had a lot to do with that as far as there's going to be a private forum section for, I don't know what it's called. Sylvia's kind of handling it for us, but her and I are going to be putting out a uh, little awesome little deal on uh, making money with barter, which is something that's never been done the way I do it and she does, and we've been successful at it. Um, is that, are you going to be having something on that? you know which thread I'm talking about? It's, it's uh, like when you have yeah. the product creation series, you know, a kind of you had so much feedback on that product that you gotta. Alan pretty much let you create your own sub form off the warrior form. Um, that's basically right. what he's going to be letting us do too. He approved us for it, so 
um, we're pretty excited about that. That's really going to rock because I don't know a whole lot about a lot of things, but that's one area that I kick ass in, so I'm really looking forward to it. I'll tell you, run, running a workshop on the Word Forum is a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it'll it'll suck your time for a while. I mean, um, you know, I, I put a lot lot into it when I was running those, but it's a lot of fun and. Um, Man, I, I had a great time doing it. The, the people that came into the workshops, you won't see the same, you know, you won't get the whiners that you see on uh, Main Discuss. You know, all the losers that are hanging around Main Discuss uh, whining about this or that, oh, you, yeah. know, you won't see them coming into a workshop because they actually got to fork over money. Um, oh, yeah. They won't be in there. You'll get all the good people in there. Um, actually, Sylvia was in one of my workshops. And, yeah, she told uh, me. Yeah, no, she told me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I told her, I and, said, uh, I don't need you calling in tonight trying to, I said, there's only one star on the show. She said, oh, I'm going to call in and talk to Kevin. I said, no, you're not. You're not going to upstage me. He's not going to upstage me. So I said, just stay, you know, keep the phone, go take care of the kids. You'll be all right. So she's pissed at me for that. But, you know, I have to make the tough decisions. I can't have her coming on here and getting warm and fuzzy with you. Next thing you know, I need something done. And uh, she's, you know, you know, reading one of your e-books or something. I can't have you filling her oh. head with that stuff, man. I got to keep. I, I work too hard to find somebody as good as that chick is. I mean, she, she's just she's the best. So I, I had to I had to I had to let her know, no, not this time. You talk to Kevin on Skype. That's fine, but do it on your yeah, time. I, I heard that every time Sylvie gets warm and fuzzy, there's more kids coming. So you know, like, you gotta oh be- my God, I swear to God, oh, man. <laughs> I don't. You know, you gotta love a chick who can handle 27 kids and live in a shoe in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Boy, she's hot, though. Uh, Sylvia, just so everybody knows, she is, man, that is, she, I, I, and, I, and it's hard to, because on a business level, it's hard to work with a chick that hot because it's distracting. The first day she walked in here, I said, oh, Lord, I'm going to have problems here. I said, <laughs> I, if, you know, I was hoping she'd be like a 7 out of 10, you know. But anyway, what can you do? You know, Vegas fans don't hang with no, uh, you know, I don't hang with the chick who works customs at Canada. I just can't. It destroy my rep. But hey, listen, I got a guy on here in seven six five or a chick. I don't know what. All if right. they promise Come me on. they'll do like three minutes, ask you a question, and that way I'll have enough time to uh, close with you. But let me see who this is, and hopefully I'm gonna try to hold on here. This is seven six five. Are you on? Seven six five. Okay. <laughs> 765 uh, has left the building. It says here, oh, no, actually, 765 said you owe me 50 bucks on the Laker game. Oh, that must have been somebody for me. And actually, I do owe this dude 50 bucks. That's a dude who called in my show during the last show, shaking me down for the 50 bucks I owe him on the Laker game, but that's no biggie. What else is going on, bro? We had about six minutes. What is your big project right now? I know everybody can find you on the Warrior Forum, and they can Google your name, so I'm not going to ramble off all your sites. i got them listed anyway. Yeah. What's, what's the project now? Where, where are you, what's the vision? Where are we going? You're going to go save the trees or the whales, or what's happening? Hey, first of all, i got to notice, that was Art Remnant was on the line. He's going to dial you right now. You got disconnected. He's calling in, so you might get that call again from 765. What I'm doing right now is, uh, yeah, no whales nearby. I, I actually eat whales. Uh, whale meat is really delicious. So, you know, Greenpeace guys Green, don't like Greenpeace anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I grew uh, up in Alaska uh, for 20 years. Graduated uh-huh. from high school in Anchorage, Alaska, and I didn't eat no friggin' whale. I mean, I can handle some game, but it, uh, whale, let me tell you something. It is, uh-huh. ooh, 
Calamari's tough enough. I like that, but I'm not doing no whale. Yeah. No. Take think of it this way. Think of think of the softness of fish with the taste of beef, and you got whale. It's like the softest steak you'll ever eat. Uh huh. Yeah. No, you can't put enough lari seasoning in all of that. What do you people? I heard you people up there in Japan eat those. Is this true? Do you people eat those hamsters for real? I honestly want to know because I saw that travel show on the Travel Channel. And these people are cooking them hamsters, man. Now, I don't know if it was in Japan or somewhere else, but they actually eat them things. For real. I'm not making this up. Huh? We eat them, we eat them raw here because that way they squirm going down. It's an extra sensation. We eat mother of... <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, we don't eat hamsters in Japan. Did, did, uh, I, must, it, I must be over in one of the other Asian countries. They, you they, you they remember the old urban legend about Richard Gere and the gerbil, right? No. I gotta tell. Okay, well, I won't bring it up if you haven't heard of it. I can see that. That always made me a little. Light. Every time I watch like Officer and a Gentleman or something, I'm thinking about him in the gerbil instead of him kissing Deborah Winger in the movie. <laughs> so, just curious. Well, what, what's going on now? Do you got any launches? This is your chance. You can just what you got going on. You but see, oh, it's not like in this whole hour, the whole time Kevin Riley in his whole life has never sold anything. He just got lots of money. Maybe the old lady got money. I don't know. Did you marry him? Did your your lady got some money? Because you ain't ever sold nothing. It sound like. <laughs> I just, uh, money comes out of thin air, you know. I mean, I, I sit back here with my pina colada in hand and do nothing. That's what I'm talking about. Wake up sipping frozen margaritas on a beach with Jenna Jameson, and life is good. No. I got, I got, I got my, my guy here Skype me says, I got my money MMFT. You can go ahead and pitch it now. But yeah, I got All right, let me hit this guy on 765 again. This is your last shot, homie. Are you there? 765. You're on with Kevin Johnson and the legend here. You can't be talking about me. I am talking about you. <laughs> Who is this? Who's 765? <laughs> I didn't even say I wanted to talk to you, Vince. I'm just enjoying your show. Oh, well, yeah, I see you called in. Why don't you say something to Kevin uh, Say something to Kevin Johnson here? Kevin Riley. Hey, Christ, Kevin I Riley? Get these, yeah. I get these two dudes screwed up all the time. <laughs> I've been Skyping him the whole time. This is an absolutely great show. I absolutely love it. Kevin introduced me to you tonight, and this Who rocks. is this dude? Who am I talking to? I like this guy already. Who am I talking to? Art Remney from West Lafayette, Indiana. All right, man, Indiana, the home of Dan Quayle. I won't hold that against you. Go ahead. Yeah, we're the home of Purdue. Go Boilers. Screw Dan. You got it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you were the bookie or something shaking me down. I always get Leary taking calls on this show because I don't know who I owe money to. You probably owe money to Kevin. He just hasn't sold you anything recently. Yeah, I keep calling Kevin Kevin Johnson. I did this poor lady show the other day, and her client's Kevin Johnson, who's a black guy who wears Aloha shirts. And I said, hey, I got your client on my show next week. She said, no, you had my, your, you had my client on last week. And it felt like a dumbass. But anyway, <laughs> hey, look, we're down to 60 seconds. Uh, Riley, man, it was a pleasure. This was a lot more fun than your show with Willie Crawford, even though that show was probably more informative. <laughs> anyway, guys, I appreciate it. Thanks, Amen. I appreciate it. If you resurrect that product that you got rid of, send it to me since you're not going to sell it anyway. Send me a copy of it. Hey, I got a copy on my hard drive. I'll uh, I'll send you a link. I'll you got it. it. Send it directly. What? E- email me. Email got me. it, man. I'll do it. Riley. Okay, good. Anyway, guys, I appreciate everybody suffering with me going through the. Uh, 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 whatever you call it. What, what do women get when they start getting moody? I, I think men get it too. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, PMS. Anyway, 
may you live to see the dawn. May all your dreams come true. May you all stay forever young. And rest in peace, Billy Mays. Take care. We'll be back, Sylvie and I, with uh, a special show for local business builders in the Warrior Forum coming up this week. Peace.